you know, there, there's a learning experience in everything. And as long as you don't consider failures <laughs> in the same way that most people consider failures, if you consider them stepping stones and learning experiences and you take it one day at a time and you're continuously working on your art and working on yourself to be a better artist, to be a better human being, that's that's what's important. And it's not just for you, it's for everybody around you. Because if you're improving yourself, you're you're helping to improve uh, what I call is the, the bubble of people around you. Because <laughs> we can only improve upon our own space. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Brie is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Brie's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Brie is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Brie Noble, and I am so honored that you are listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And before we get to this week's great guest, I want to mention that I have a new free resource on the website at femmusician.com. That's F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician.com. And it is the Musician's Profit Path Blueprint. So recently I did the Musician's Profit Path Masterclass where I went through the five stages of music career growth and I explained each stage, what you should be doing during each stage. And I've created a blueprint from that because people just absolutely love this masterclass. People said, this just makes complete sense. It's going to make it so much easier for me to know what to do when and also to know what not to focus on so you're not wasting time and money. So I created this blueprint that explains or is all written out for you the names of the five stages, what to focus on during each stage. So if you want to grab that, that is over at femmusician.com slash profit path. So go on over there and grab this new resource. I think it's going to be really helpful for you to help you know where you're at right now in your career by kind of comparing it to what you're doing right now and, you know, the different benchmarks that you've hit and then helping you know when it's time to move to the next stage and what you should be doing in that stage. So grab that at femmusician.com slash profit path. Now to our awesome interview. You're going to love this guest. She is like of like mind with me as I find so many of my guests tend to be. I guess I attract people that um, have similar opinions to me, but um, you know, we, she's just such an encouraging, interesting artist and the, you know, the journey that she's been on, I think you guys will really resonate with and she's so passionate. So I am going to let you know a little bit about Emmy. With her extensive martial arts background and her passion for science fiction and comic books, Emmy is a unique pop star for millions of geeks around the world who are just as obsessed with Marvel Comics and Star Wars as she is. Besides having a super successful music career, Emmy will be starring in the upcoming horror film Adam Kay with Farrah Abraham. She recently released Wait, a bright, fresh, and hopeful song produced by hitmakers The Flip Tones. 
And if you listen to this episode to the very end, you will get to hear that track. It's like a hidden track at the end of the album. So here is my interview with Emmy. So that's a little bit about Emmy. So is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners about you that's maybe not in your bio, a little interesting, unique, uh, more personal maybe? Uh, sure. You know, I, ne- I never get to talk about my pets. <laughs> so ah. I'll throw that in there because I don't think that's in my bio. Um, I have a, a Belgian slash German shepherd named Star-Lord. Uh, he's a rescue and his namesake, well, is very appropriate because, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, his personality <laughs> is pretty spot on with Star-Lord's. So that's, I'll leave it at that. And I also have a uh, orange tabby named Hobbs uh, mm. from Calvin and Hobbs. And uh, they love each other. That's it. They're both uh-huh. rescues and I love them. So I talk about my fur babies for once. <laughs> so what do you do with them when you're touring and stuff? Uh, thankfully, uh, my dad lives with me. And, um, oh, that's yeah, and I, I have a good team around me to make sure that my, uh, my, my fur kids are, are, are well <laughs> taken care of because I, I do worry about them when I'm on the road and I go through, totally. I go through pet withdrawals, but it's okay yeah. because I'm back now. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get started in music? You know, I, I always say I started singing when I came out of the womb and it's, it's kind of true. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, from when I was very, 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 very little, I, I'd always be singing songs and writing silly songs for people or just, you know, singing gibberish. Or I'd jump up on somebody else's stage that wasn't meant for me as a toddler and start busting out skinnamarinky-dinky-dink uh, mm-hmm. to a crowd that was not expecting a toddler to hop on the stage and start singing to them. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of musical theater, I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of music growing up. Uh, thankfully I grew up on a lot of sixties music and Motown and uh, a lot, a lot of different influences. So, I mean, it's, it's always kind of been there and it's always been a part of me. Did you have family members that did music or encouraged you in music? Uh, Yeah. My, uh, I know my, my dad uh, had his band in theater days uh, back in the day or so I've heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom uh, had done opera for, an extended period of time uh, before uh, she started in social work. Um, so it, my, my family's pretty musical. I remember um, uh, when we'd go on trips when I was very, very little, we would, you know, turn on the radio and we would all harmonize with each other, which is, <laughs> it's a fun memory to think about, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> mm. So at this point, do you consider yourself a full-time musician? And how did you kind of get to the point that you're at now? I definitely consider myself a full-time musician. Um, I, I, I've definitely been doing a lot more acting. Um, but, I mean, music is my bread and butter now. And that's not something that I would have been able to say 10 years ago, 8 years ago. I mean, it it took an extended period of time for me to get to the point where I could sustain myself on music. And it's funny because, you know, there's this, this thing where not a lot of people want to actually hear about the struggle. They don't want to hear about, Oh, it's not an overnight success. What do you mean? It's not an overnight success. I just heard of you. No, no, there was actual work put into this. Um, <laughs> oh, you're in the right place because our audience loves to hear about the struggle because it helps them not feel like they're alone, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the reality. I mean, 
you know, I, I do, there is this aspect of entertainment where you have to understand like people want to escape. They want to escape from the reality. And, and, you know, a lot of the times that's why we, uh, we, we seek out our own entertainment, um, because we want that fantasy. We want to be taken away from our problems and I'm totally okay with that. But in terms of, you know, people like you and your listeners, um, I want to make sure that it's, it's clear that it's not, it's not something that happens overnight. Um, it's, it's, it's a very, very real thing. It's, it's something that can happen and it's something that um, is attainable um, under the right circumstances. There is, there is luck involved. Like you can't, there, there's no if, ands or buts about it. There's definitely luck involved, but uh, <laughs> most of it is the absolute determination and passion and, and, a lot of hard work. And so, well, I always say you have, you have to make your own exactly. luck because you can't just like sit in your house and hope someone's going to discover you. Yeah, and that, You know, you have to get yourself yeah. out there. No, absolutely. And like back, you know, back in the day when the internet was not the way it is now, um, that was kind of the mindset is, okay, somebody's got to discover me because I'm mm-hmm. talented. So somebody, somebody's going to come to my small town and find me and then I'm going to get signed to a major label and everything's going to be all hunky dory. No. No, that's that's not how it really happened then, and that's not how it's gonna happen now. And especially like at least with uh, how the internet is now, um, at least you can put yourself out there as an artist um, and connect to fans in a way that you wouldn't have been able to a decade ago. So that is <laughs> definitely beneficial um, in a very different way than it was. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then a lot of people now, instead of getting discovered, they think, well, I just need to go viral, you know, online. I don't think of it that way. Like the chances of that happening, what you need to do is build a web of connections because every person's connected to other people. Mm -hmm. It's not about viral. I mean, the chances of you getting millions of views. Yeah. It's definitely not. It's totally not about some viral phenomenon because the other thing you have to realize and that people, I hope people would realize is that you know, a, a viral phenomenon is like a trend. Like, oh, everybody's yep. going to hop on this trend for a minute. And then the next minute, they're going to hop on the next trend. You know, you need something that's sustainable. You need something that is is continuous. And that is you. That is purely you. That is genuinely you, whoever you are. Um, because that's the only way to get, uh, to reach the fans that are going to be your fans. You can't try and copy what somebody else has done because they have their fans, they have whatever they're good at. They have their style. Uh, you need to tap into what is you as an artist and continuously make content. And even if you've got one or two people listening, fine, cool, great. You, you, you know, you've reached out to one or two people, give it time, keep creating content, keep being you and more people who are attracted to what talent you have to bring to the world they'll come. It just takes time and it takes perfecting your craft. And the, the thing that I, you know, it took me a few years to learn this. Um, but I think when I was like 14 or something, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this music thing, but I'm only going to give myself till I'm 16. And then, you know, I got to figure something else out. And then I got to the age of 16. I was like, all right, all right. You know, I can't, I can't quit now. I can't quit now. I'm going to give myself until I'm 19. And then, you know, I, I better start considering other. No, no. there's no. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it got to the point where I finally realized, I, I think, you know, maybe I matured a little bit at some point. 
And I thought, you know what? Uh, music is me. Music is what I, I need to be doing. Whether I'm, whether at the end of my life I'm performing at Madison Square Garden or I'm singing to people on a subway in Manhattan, it doesn't matter. I will die doing what I love. And I, there's, there's nothing stopping me. I can't, I can't not do this for the rest of my life, regardless of what quote success unquote I attain. Such a good point. I love that. I mean, you know, if it is a part of you, then do you ever get there? You know? Yeah. And I mean, getting there in my opinion is, is being okay that, you know, whatever, uh, external, uh, whatever external success you get from it, um, is, is not the same thing as, is the, the internal, like, you know, you have to be okay with putting yourself out there and you have to be okay with what you create. And, you know, you, you've got to be okay with you first. I mean, that's absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious, like when you were younger and you thought, well, like, you know, I'm going to give myself till this yeah. age, what did you think you know, was going to be the thing that told you, yes, I've made it or whatever at that point. And then, you know, in relation mm-hmm. to that, what, what actual progress did you see? Cause you obviously kept going because of something. Yeah. So like you, you know, what, how can you measure that progress without like, you know, saying you made it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, and we, we get this vision in our heads when we are kids, you know, of what, of what society might expect success to look like in the entertainment industry. Oh, hey, yeah, I made all this money. I got a mansion. I got a fancy car. I can support my family. You know, I mean, you can, you can create visually in your head, whatever you want. Um, but in terms of what was actually uh, <laughs> the reality, um, I, you know, I, I would make really, really, really small steps. I mean, when, when I started really taking music seriously, when I was about 13, 14 years old, um, I, well, number one, I made my parents homeschool me. I kind of threw a hissy fit. That's, that's another, it's <laughs> another story <laughs> in itself. Um, but you know, I would, I, I did a lot of community theater and then I would start doing auditions. Um, and there were a lot of really, really little things that frustrated me so much. I didn't know how to dress, you know, all my clothes were hand-me-downs, um, you know, I, I, we didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have a penny to my name, which, you know, a lot of mm. people can relate to you know, starting from the bottom. Um, when things are really, really, really bad, you look at where say your, your favorite popper R and B artist is, and it's such a world of difference that it seems so unattainable. Um, but focusing in on your own craft, you know, like learning proper mic technique. I remember I practiced this song and I practiced and I practiced and I must've been like 16 and I went to this audition and I gave what I thought was like the best performance ever. Nobody heard it because my mic technique was horrible and I didn't know it. And I thought, Oh God, I just blew it. And then I realized by watching other people and watching the judges reactions to the other people the things that I needed to work on and not just mic technique, but also presentation. Um, also, you know, physical fitness was obviously a plus that I had not, <laughs> I had not quite, uh, realized that <laughs> for a very, very long time. And, and not, not, not just for aesthetics, because I, I want everybody to remember that, you know, that again, it's entertainment. 
to entertainment. Um, you know, my job is to stay physically healthy so that I can sing, so I can dance on stage. Um, and in terms of my own aesthetics, you know, I have a certain appearance that I want to convey to the world. That does not mean that it is realistic. That does not mean that, uh, anybody else should strive for what I have, uh, worked for, if that makes any sense. Um, because image wise, like it's, it's just an image. It's just an image. It, it does not reflect the heart. It does not reflect the passion. It does not reflect the actual substance that goes into the art. It is the fantasy that uh, you you give to the fans, if that makes sense. It does. And I, it is important. I mean, you know, people will often see you before they yeah. hear you and they may not hear you if they, you know, yeah. if they're not sure they want to yeah. when they see you. Yeah. But on the other hand, I like you know, that you were talking about physical fitness mm -hmm. in the way that it helps you be on stage. Yes. Cause that is so important. You have to be able to move, you have to be able to sing while you're moving yeah. and you have to be able to breathe correctly. Oh yeah. And there is uh, you know, there's this, there's this big thing with lip syncing and you know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to lip sync. I'm never going to lip sync. I've, I've showed up to huge shows where I wasn't even sure if they had a microphone for me because the other acts were <laughs> lip syncing, which is horrifying. Wow. When, when you don't even have the tracks to, uh, to even consider lip syncing. I'm like, there's, yeah. a, there's no lead vocal on this. There's no way that if they don't have a microphone for me, I'm totally screwed. Um, <laughs> that kind of blows me away with the whole Millie Vanilli thing, like yeah, uh, that people would actually do the lip syncing thing. It was such a huge deal when all that yeah. happened. I feel like yeah. I feel like it, that would have blown everything out of the and, water. And here's the thing, like I actually kind of feel bad for Millie Vanilli right now um, after, you know, meeting with various artists and understanding the reasoning behind the way they decided to perform on that day. I've thought the same yeah. thing. Like that just seems so unfair. Yeah, like and I'm I'm. I'm not knocking it. The only thing that I ask, if you have to lip sync or if you have to sing over a lead track, I've totally had to sing over a lead track before. Be honest about it to your fans because they are there mm -hmm. for the experience. Like, and they, they want the whole pop experience like they, or whatever music you're doing. Like they, they want that experience. Um, but be honest about it. You don't, you don't have to pull any punches for your fans. I mean, they're, they're there to love you and they're there to be entertained. Um, you know, I'm not saying like ruin it for them. Be like, Hey guys, you know, today I'm lip syncing. No, I mean, right. I don't do that, but, but admit that like, you know, Hey, you know, I've got this and I, I, I cannot ever see myself doing this, but after talking to people, like I, I genuinely, like I, I feel for them because I know some very, very talented artists who had shows booked with, you know, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And you know, they'd have laryngitis or like something really, really horrible. Um, and they'd be like, listen, the, the show has to go on. I can't let my fans down. I cannot let my fans down. Right. They know I'm talented. I can't if, you know, it would just, it would break, it would absolutely break their hearts to let their fans down. So I, you know, I, I feel for them. I, I totally do. Um, I thankfully have not <laughs> gotten to the point where it's <laughs> been so bad. Like I, I've performed like with pneumonia before. Um, oh, and that wow. sucked. Um, I know, I think, uh, a few months ago I, I performed with, you know, they, they put the, uh, the, the background lead in the track as a little bit of support structure because I was, I was getting over laryngitis. 
But, you know, when I hit those high notes, people could hear the high notes. Uh, And, you know, you still do acapella and you still do all that. And you you cover all your bases because, you know, you want the you want the fans to be happy. That's that's why we do it. That's or at least that's why I do it. (laughs) Totally. I totally agree with that. So do you think that paying your dues is an important part of artist development? I mean, do you think that if someone were to happen to get like discovered Mm -hmm. quote, or, you know, just, just fall into like a fantastic music career, do you think they would have lost something by not going through that paying your dues? I I really do. I really, really do. And I, I mean, here's the thing, you know, I, I can't gauge anybody else's reality because the only reality Mm -hmm. that I know is my own. Uh, but going back as, as difficult as things were, trying to get to this point, I, there's absolutely nothing I would change. Absolutely nothing. I mean, there's advice that I would give other people so that they could avoid certain pitfalls <laughs> of the music industry. <laughs> but, it, you know, there, there's a learning experience in everything. And as long as you don't consider failures <laughs> in the same way that most people consider failures. If you consider them stepping stones and learning experiences and you take it one day at a time and you're continuously working on your art and working on yourself to be a better artist, to be a better human being, that's that's what's important. And it's not just for you, it's for everybody around you because if you're improving yourself, you're you're helping to improve uh, what I call is the, the bubble of people around you because <laughs> we can only improve upon our own space. So, yeah. For sure. I mean, I definitely, I feel like it's important to go through that struggle period because it will make you so much stronger when you, when you do arrive, quote, arrive, (laughs) there is no such thing as arriving in my opinion. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, you have to build up quite a bit of resilience because it's, it's not an easy industry and it's, it's not to say that there is any industry (laughs) that is actually easy. Um, but you do have to have a thick skin, um, and you have to be able to eat problems for breakfast, which I've learned to do pretty efficiently, I'd say. <laughs> totally. And I think when you get to a certain level, you're so much more visible yeah. that you're going to have a lot more criticism around yeah. you, you know, even if you really don't deserve it. You know, every there's so many haters out there for yeah. stupid reasons and no good reasons and just because they makes them but, feel know, better. And you have to have that yeah, thick skin, but, you know? I mean, here, here's another way to look at it, which I think is really, really important because there's always going to be the haters. You know, um, and there's the people who criticize you and, you know, they're the couch critics and all that stuff. Um, so when somebody loves something, when somebody likes something, they support it. You know, they tell their friends um, it's it's more of an organic, natural thing. When somebody hates something, they uh, they complain about it. They're very, they very audibly hate it. Um, now, in both under both circumstances, it's still entertainment. And this is such a weird concept to grasp, or at least it was for me at first, because whether somebody loves or hates something, they're still talking about it. They're still being entertained to some degree by it because it's fueling them to start a conversation or to start a hate group, um, which is terrible. It's like it's a terrible thing to say because they always say, don't feed the trolls, uh, in entertainment, you know, don't, don't, don't feed the trolls. You know, it's just, it's just going to make it worse. But if, you know, if people are talking about it, if you create something that one person loves and one person really does not like and wants to tell the world that they hate it, 
uh, guess what? You've entertained both of those people, whether they like it or not. I mean, it's just the reality. So I, I've kind of learned to, you know, I, I accept like if somebody doesn't like something I do, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to create for them. They're not, they're not the people I'm creating for. Um, but I'm glad that they are spending enough time (laughs) to promote what I do by hating it, which is a really strange thing to say. Good point. I mean, ind- <laughs> indifference is probably yes, the worst thing, right? it is absolutely the worst thing. You do not want mediocrity. You don't want people being like, oh, I feel kind of lukewarm about this artist. No, it's not going to accomplish anything. <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love your attitude. So was there any particular like event or thing that happened that really kind of shifted your career into a more professional, you know, where kind of where you are now? I think uh, once I moved to New York, um, New York is really where I consider uh, myself becoming an artist. Um, Because when I moved from Ohio, you know, I did the whole, I took the Greyhound bus from Youngstown to New York. And I, like, (laughs) my first apartment was a basement in Jamaica, Queens. Um, Yeah. I mean, like, these are, these are the, uh, I I don't want to say cliche starving artists situations, but they kind of, that sounds like it, but that's. Yeah, yeah, it pretty dude. much reads that way in your bio. Hey, I was bagels like, yeah. and ramen. Yeah, that's why I was asking about paying yeah. your dues. It's totally what no, people absolutely. talk about. I mean, I mean, thankfully now I can eat bagels and ramen and feel okay about it. <laughs> but there was a period of time when I, you know, was finally able to support myself not to eat it. And I was like, eh, I'm going to give that stuff up for a really long time. Because <laughs> I, I got a little <laughs> sick of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been interesting. <laughs> but so was there something in that New York period that kind of shifted things for well, you? When I, when I first got there, like my first objective was doing as many auditions and open mics as I could and finding producers who were willing to work with me. And the first producer who gave me the time of day, her name was Barb Morrison. She's still kicking ass to this day. Um, and, you know, she's, she's a New Yorker. And I would basically go, I go to work at the comic book store uh, for the regular day. And then after that, I would head over to her studio and, um, me and her and Chaz, her partner at the time, um, we would write and record all night. And then I go back to work the next day. Yeah. I, I kind of wondered when you yeah, slept. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep those days, but it was, it, it was worth it. And, you know, it, it took time for me to get to the point where anybody else, um, could remotely believe in what I was capable of. And, you know, Barb, Barb Morrison was the first, I'd say, to really be like, hey, you know what? I I think you got something. I know you're broke. (laughs) I know you've got nothing. Let's create. Let's let's do this. Let's give it a chance. Um, And, you know, after after trying so many times to work with other people, like, I mean, and there's a long, 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 long list of attempts before finding Barb, um, you know, it, it, it does get discouraging, but you, you have to believe in yourself first, which I think is, it, well, depending on the size of your ego, I mean, it was, it, it was a difficult <laughs> thing for me to do, but I still couldn't stop because, you know, it's music and I knew that I was, I was stuck <laughs> in a good way. Um, but yeah, I mean, once I met Barb, you know, I, I finally at least hit my stride in thinking, okay, you know what? Finally, somebody else sees that I'm capable. What can I do with this? How can I improve this? 
let's see where this goes. And, you know, from there I started kind of expanding more on, you know, meeting people and networking, which was, I think networking for me was probably one of the most difficult things to do because I was a very, uh, I don't want to say antisocial because it's not that I didn't love people. I was just, uh, you know, you grow up with no money and your family moves around a lot. You don't get a good, uh, <laughs> you don't get a good social experience <laughs> for the most part. And if mm. you're a bookworm uh, who likes sci-fi before sci-fi was cool, then yeah, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's going to happen. But uh, it, it definitely took me quite a while to be, uh, to 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 even remotely um get to the point of oh maybe she's a social butterfly she just took a really really long time to to you know flutter her wings <laughs> <laughs> so during this period were you financing you know all the creation in the studio or did you know she kind of help you with she, that or? i mean i was so lucky to have found her because i i literally like i i had nothing like and you know even if you're living in a basement in Jamaica, Queens, it's still it's 700 bucks a month, which is why you live on ramen and bagels. Um, and, you know, she like literally like on their, their off time, like they, they would take me and we would write. And like, if it wasn't for them, I, I would have absolutely had nothing. Like they, I, I wasn't able to finance anything. Like there was just no way. And, you know, my, wow. my parents, they, there was no way they could help my dad. Um, has been disabled since I was very young and my mom tried to hold down the fort as best as she could. Um, so, I mean, when I say I went to New York without a penny in my pocket, I mean it, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's really difficult when you don't have a support structure, but you know, it, it doesn't mean that it can't be done. It just means that, you know, you really gotta, you, you gotta do your best to be resourceful. It's not necessarily about yeah. the resources, um, because not everybody has them. It's about being as resourceful as you can be and making the most of what you got as opposed to, you know, oh, well, you know, I need this particular tool to get this done. No, no, actually, you you probably don't. I mean, you just got to find another way. Awesome. That's that's great advice. So fast forward a little bit. What would you say is has been the most mind blowing experience in your career? Like, when you pinch yourself, you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> I would say it's a toss up between uh, working with Snoop Dogg uh, and uh -huh. uh, my performance in Beirut, Lebanon, which was for uh, it was for 25,000 people. And I performed with Florida wow. and Ayaz. And I mean, when I got to Beirut, you know, I had, I had no idea what to expect. I thought, oh, you know, I'm just going to like, you know, I'm just going to open for somebody. You know, nobody's going to know who I am. Uh, that was absolutely not the case. Like everybody knew who I was. They knew the words to the songs. Like I, like I, my mind is still blown talking about it. I can barely get a word out right now. Um, wow. So how did they get to that point? Like, had no, you been marketing no, over there? That's the thing. Like even like my label didn't, like we, nobody, no, nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew. Um, and it's funny because, you know, me and my, uh, my road manager went out there and everybody else has their posses and, you know, the, uh, energy music tour they took really good care of us out there um but we we had no idea what to expect and I'm like to this day like I I'm still pinching myself that that ever happened and that you know I I can't wait for the day when I can go back out to Beirut and you know see my fans there and also work with uh some of the 
really, really talented people that I met over there. I mean, it was. And maybe headlining your own absolutely. stuff, right? Or, yeah, That'd I mean, awesome. or the energy music tour. I mean, that was so, I, I love performing with other artists. Like, I, well, when they're mm. cool. Uh, <laughs> when they're not cool, I still love performing with them. They just might not like, you know, it's okay. It happens. It's, it's the whole diva thing, you know. It's, yep. Yeah. It's all good. We're all human. We have our good days and our bad days. <laughs> For sure. So since you're so well-rounded, I mean, I didn't, like in your bio, it talks about it, but we didn't even talk yet about your acting and your martial yeah. arts. I mean, how has that all contributed into this like synergy of growing your fan base? I mean, it's funny because in terms of like growing my fan base, I never, I never thought martial arts would be a key component of that. Like it's, it's always been a part of me. Um, it's been like my yoga, like that's the easiest way to describe it. It's, it's helped me, um, tap into that necessary discipline that I believe that, that everybody should find their thing that keeps them centered. Um, yeah, I'm interested in seeing my daughter's just started awesome. karate and she's, she's almost eight and she's like the kind of kid that needs oh, yeah, discipline I, and organization. Yeah. And she's always getting in trouble in class for mm -hmm. talking and not following directions. And I'm hoping that this is really going to you know, make her more responsible and focused oh, yeah. and all yeah, that. Yeah. And I mean, if it's not, you know, if it's not karate, it might, it might be something else. Like it, there might be something that just, you know, really, really hits home for her or for anybody. Um, and it might not be martial arts. It was for me. Um, but you know, it's, you got to find your yoga. That's, that's, that's what I say. Mm. Um, but I mean, it, it really, I really think that it's helped me maintain a, pretty good level of sanity <laughs> throughout, throughout <laughs> this spectacular journey. Um, and, but in terms of like fan base, like I, you know, it, it, I, I'm always really open and like, I take lots of pictures like of, of everything and anything. And, and that wasn't always okay. Like sometimes I would get resistance from professionals in the industry saying, Hey, you know, that nerd stuff you do like that geeky crap, like, you know, uh, I don't think it's going to appeal to your pop demographic. And I'm like, I don't think you've ever been to Comic-Con. Like, have you? Totally. Like, seriously, like, can you go out and connect with people and not just make an assumption based on, you know, what pop artists you might be viewing? Because everybody has their own thing and everybody connects on a different level. Um, and I I have no qualms about being me. If somebody else has a problem with it, I, I'm sorry for you. Like, it's it's just well and there's so many pop artists out there why not use the things that make you yeah unique? and like it's not it's it's just you like pe people want to know you they want to connect to the artist like they it and you know we it, it, you want to be able to relate to your fans and you want to have the right fans you don't you don't want to connect with people who um you don't want it to be contrived how's that like, like right. you don't want to put yeah. on a show and then, you know, you go and meet a fan someday and they're like, wow, you are totally not at all what I had hoped you were going to be. I'm super disappointed. Like this sucks. Like, <laughs> why would you want to do that to anybody? Like this, this crap. Like, don't, no, no, <laughs> it's not about that. I, again, like, it's just when, when they say, you know, you got to be you. And again, like it, it took me a long time to be okay with that because, you know, when you're. And you're growing up when you're in your early teens, you're still figuring out who that you is. <laughs> but, you know, once once you do and you just let, let that freak flag fly. 
(laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I'm guessing from what you just said that you don't, your fan bases are not separate. Like they're all kind of combined into this one thing. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like for, uh, for certain social media outlets, because I do have a social media team now, I'm, I'm always on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I read everything. Um, if they post something, they, they, you know, I have them sign it with like E-Team because I want it to be clear when it's coming from me and when it's not. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I respond all the time. Sometimes it takes me a while, but you know, I, I do respond. Mm. Um, But yeah, everything is, it's a melting pot of, of everything. So you've gotten people find you because of your acting and then they discover your music and. uh, Oh yeah. And like, I've got so many martial artist friends um, on Instagram and music and acting like it's, you know, it's, I just say it's my one big family. Like we're all different. We all have our own unique interests. And, you know, when, when you have friends, when you have family, like you guys aren't all the same. It's not all like cookie cutter crap. You know, it's, you know, you, you love the person for their, their unique, uh, tastes, their, you know, their perspectives, their, you know, it's, it's not all, it's not only because of one thing, you know, it's not, you know, you got to be multifaceted. <laughs> Most people are, unless they're hiding a whole bunch of crap, in which case, good, good for them, whatever works. <laughs> so what's your take on kind of the indies place in the music industry now? Do you think it's still just as hard and it, you know, people feel like they still need a record deal or do you think now indies are, it's kind of cool to be an indie? You know, I, I, I don't want to say it, like I, I think it's cool to to be okay with being an artist under any circumstance, period. Mm. Like, I, I think it's cool to be, you know, I've, I've been with an independent label for, oh my goodness, I have such a poor concept of time. It's been years, let's just say years. Um, and uh-huh. recently we partnered with Cobalt, who handles a lot of major artists as well. Um, but, you know, the the industry is really changing a lot, especially with the ability for artists to put themselves out there. Um, But I I think, I think the most important thing, like the thing that is cool, um, whether you're independent or whether you're made, like, I don't, I don't care. I I hate putting labels on things um, because I don't want it to sully the experience of the person who's trying to connect, if that makes any sense. Um, being you and and doing what you love to do and pursuing that genuinely because it feeds your soul and because it makes you happy and because it makes other people happy like that's freaking cool that's cool when you can let yourself yeah go. i just want people to know that it, that oh it's, my God, okay it's okay to be yourself and be yes. an indie and not feel like oh no. i'm i'm not cool enough because i don't have a oh, major label behind no. me i mean you do not need a major yeah, label yeah. behind you screw that i mean if you if you find a major <laughs> label let me say this if you find a group of people that happen to be associated with a major label that believes in you as an artist as an individual awesome but that goes for anything that goes for an indie label that goes for your friends, your fans, your family. Like it's, it's not about major or indie. It's about, it's about you and it's about doing what you love, you love. And it's not, you're not, it's not a, Hey, you're not cool. If you're not signed to a major label, that's crap. It's total crap, especially now. I mean, there's so many huge acts that have started from the bottom and have worked their way to mind-blowing success. And regardless of mind-blowing success or not, like 
you doing your thing and getting it out there and doing what you love, that that is such a difficult thing to be able to grasp onto and to be able to continuously do. Because, you know, from, from a young age, you know, we're, a lot of people are trained and I was too, like, okay, you're going to go to school, you're going to get a job, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, you're going to have a house, you're going to have a car, you're going to raise your kids and you're going to be grandparents someday. And, you know, your, your life is going to be linear in this aspect, um, which my life hasn't gone anything like that. And if it, if it did, yeah. and I was happy with it, then cool, great. You know, wherever you want your life right. to go, that's awesome. But don't let anybody put you in a box and say, this is what you have to do. You being you is cool. Screw the labels. Agreed. <laughs> Screw labels. Agreed. Agreed. And you can, and you can be an artist like you and live a totally different life. Or you can be like yeah. me where I did all those things. And then at some point I said, yes. music needs to take over and, you know, then I did a whole switcheroo and I still yeah. have the family and the house and all that stuff. But I also did the music. So, exactly. you know, you can start where you're never at. It's too late. It's never, ever too late. There's this whole like ages and crap. And I'm going to say this real quick because this actually was a topic Thank oh, you. My audience please, needs please, to hear please. this again because so, I say it all um, the time. I'm not going to say who it was, <laughs> all right, because that would be that would be terribly disrespectful. Um, but I, <sighs> uh, a few years ago, um, I had a meeting with a very, very well-known major publishing music publishing company, right? And they asked me how old I was. I think I might have been like 25 at the time. Um, and you know, they they stopped for a second. They were like, "Is that how old you actually are?" And I'm like. Yes. And, and it, it got into the conversation that, Hey, you know, like sometimes major artists, they, uh, they knock a few years off, you know, let's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you're not 25 you're 21. Hey, you, you're not 24. You're 19. No, 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 no. Do you know how old I am? I'm 31 years young. That's it. Do you know how, I mean, see, I mean, come on. It, it does not matter. Age is a number. Yeah, and you're 31 and you're kicking Dude, age, ass. So hot. yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> not—it's not about the number. It's about the quality of the music you make. It's about who you are and what you're doing and what you're trying to give, like what, like what you have to offer and what you worked for. Um, age is—I I don't want people to. Man, I, and I was just—I was just in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, for Pride, performing at Pride. And I had such a great conversation with this, um, a couple of 13 year olds. Um, and they, you know, I had them guess my age and <laughs> bless their little hearts. They thought I was in my early twenties. Um, <laughs> and I told them, I'm like, no, 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 I want you to understand something. Like you, you may go through a decade where everything is crap, um, <laughs> where, you know, you're, you're not, you're not getting to where you want to be. It does not mean that you need to give up. It does not mean that you have to conform to what everybody else thinks you need to conform to. Uh, if you want to do music, you do music. You do it on your own timeline. You don't do it on the timeline that you think society wants you to, to partake in. I mean, like, it's total. Like, I mean, I could totally just let out a, a string of expletives right now because it makes me so angry <laughs> when people get on this subject. Because um, it's not, like... Again, like there's, there's so many artists, like it's not, it's not about age. It's not about age. And I, I hope to actively promote that more and lean into it more, despite 
a lot of resistance. Like you will go online. If you look at my age, mm-hmm. there's some places that are like, oh, she was born in 1990. No, I was not born in 1990. I was born in 84. Get it right. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, don't, don't do <sighs> that. Don't, don't do that to me. And don't do that to the general audience who deserves to know the reality because the reality, like I get it. It's entertainment. You know, we, we want to give that fantasy. We want people to be able to escape from their daily lives, but it doesn't mean that we have to create these unnecessary expectations of the future of music or the future of entertainment. Like that's not, that's not what we should be doing. Like we're here to create art and we're here to make people happy. Hopefully. I mean, if if you're, you know, hopefully not here to make people angry because that would suck, but you know, Hey, whatever. I'm not here to judge. Um, But you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it's not rocket science. Just be real with people. I, you know, people, people don't need to hear that their dreams should be dashed because they hit a certain number. Like it's, it's stupid. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Thank you for that rant. That was perfect. Oh, that's well, exactly I'm glad what I wanted to. Because <laughs> that's what my people yes. need to hear over and over again. Because you know what? so many Screw people tell people. them differently. Put this crap on repeat. <laughs> I want you to drill this into your brain. <laughs> Age doesn't matter. If you are 50 years old or 60 years old and you decide, hey, you know what? I want to make some friggin' music. You go out there and you make it because you can get that craft out there. And there are people who probably need to hear it. They need it. Like we, we all have something to offer here. Yeah. I mean, totally. Some of my students in the Academy, like they are in their sixties and they're having a resurgence and they're connecting with baby boomers and that's their audience. And you know, they, they've got a lot to offer. That's going to make my whole week better. Just hearing that. (laughs) I'll tell you, (laughs) like, I want to hear their music. Like you got to send me some stuff. (laughs) Yes. I should. I mean, Dude, if you like Joan Baez yes. and Joni Mitchell and all that stuff, you know, Judy send Collins, it over. I mean, I'm that's what they're doing. Serious. And no, I found their audience, audience you because know? I, I have such an appreciation for people who tap into themselves and, and do what they feel that they, they need to do and, and give what they need to give. Like it's, it's such an important thing for, I think, every single individual, whether they're expressing themselves in music or another art or professionally, I don't know, just express yourselves and be you because we all have something to offer. So I asked Mm -hmm. this question of all of my guests because I'm I'm really, my audience is curious Mm -hmm. about it as well as me, Um, you know, kind of break down your streams of income. I know you've got the acting thing going on too. Like how, how, how do you kind of make a living with all of that, you know, combination of things like, you know, shows and, yeah. and acting and merch I mean, sales and all you know, that in stuff? The, especially in the beginning, like uh, you work off in an advance with the label, um, either that or it's like back when I had my band, um, I had a full time job. Like this was 10 years ago. I was in, wow, quite a few bands funding, <laughs> funding the band. Um, but now it's like it's it's uh, you know, publishing songwriting is important, but it's not the biggest piece of the pie. And there's, um, there's a a whole huge thing about it now that, uh, things like Spotify, Pandora, you know, like is, there's going to be arguments up the wazoo for the next decade as music continuously changes and adapts in terms of publishing and, and what songwriters get and what percentages. And, you know, there's, uh, mechanical royalties and it's, Oh, it's a, it's a cluster insert expletive here. Um, (laughs) 
Well, how about oh, yes. how about sync yeah, licensing? Like do you do and that? Actually, um, there's just been a shift now that we've partnered with uh, Cobalt, um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But um, but also like touring, um, merch is really really important. Um, also endorsements. Um, but I will say, if you get endorsed by a product, number one, please love the product. Don't just do it because somebody wants yeah. to pay you for the love of God. Love the product. Two, tell people, hey, I love this product. Um, they're giving me free product because I love this product and I want to promote them. Like, be open about it. Don't take on something that you don't actually like because people will feel that. Like, you know, we we know we're not we're emotional beings. Like, we feel when that sort of crap is going on. Like, nobody needs that. We don't need it. Yeah. And it will reflect on you because you don't want people to think, oh, she's a sellout, you know. Oh, God, there's so many rants I could go on. (laughs) Like, if I I was in, you know, I've I've done everything from like rock music, like heavy, heavy rock music to pop music, to like more bubblegum stuff to more soul. Um, Me, I just love music, period. Like, I, I absolutely love music. I love pop music. I love the way that it makes certain people feel like it I love how it makes me feel I love the dance all that stuff um when I made the switch over from heavier rock into pop you know a couple previous bandmates of mine really wanted to uh push the whole sellout thing you know like and it's Mm. here's the thing if anybody ever says that to you and you are genuinely doing what you love please don't let it get to you like if you know it's it's the same thing with, with any other job. If you're not doing what you love, does that make you a sellout? If you have to work at McDonald's and you want to be working at like some, I don't know, Fortune 500 company, does it make you a sellout because you have to support yourself? No, no. Like the, just take, take that word out of the equation. Like don't, you know, just, just stop leaning on it so much um, because I don't think that it should affect anybody in the way that it does if that makes any sense. Like it's, yeah, it's silly. It's silly. Like, don't be hating on people unless, unless you're promoting their stuff, then yeah. you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So do you have a book or a resource or anything that you can recommend that kind of helped you along the way, either artistically writing music, the music business, or uh, when I started out, I read everything. I read every single music book that I could get my hands on, every single music business book, every single music law book or entertainment law book, regardless of whether I could understand it or not. (laughs) Um, And Hmm. surprisingly, like whether I could understand it or not, especially when I first started out, things started to sink in um, as the, the more I got experience in the real world, as opposed to what I read in the books. Um, certain things begin to click like, Oh, I read that here. Oh, I finally get it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So even if, if you can't entirely grasp it, um, just, just immerse yourself in everything. And you know, a, a wise man once said to me, only floss the teeth you want to keep. Um, there's going to be information that does not have any relevance to your existence and it's okay. You, you take that, you know, you go through life, you, you make your experiences, you let go of the crap you don't need. <laughs> you use what you take in. So, uh, I mean, it's 
you know, I, I really did immerse myself in whatever I could possibly get my hands on. That's a good point too. Like if you have ones that you think, wow, this was yeah. really good, but I'm not sure I got all that. Like go back to it exactly. in a year and see how differently yeah, you read absolutely. it based upon and your experiences. Now with like the internet, like there's, there's a melting pot of really, really good stuff and really not helpful stuff. Just, just know that going so in. So true. <laughs> Um, but still you, you, you can also learn from the the crap as well. Like, you know, just, just keep an open mind and, <laughs> and try to stay away from the, the bull. <laughs> yeah. I would just say, you know, if you, if you don't know what to read yeah, or where to yeah. go, like ask people yeah. that, you know, that you trust and get absolutely, referrals. Cause then absolutely. you'll know you're getting the yeah. right stuff. Awesome. This has been so great. So can you let people know how to find you online, all yes, of your absolutely. social handles On and your website? Instagram, I'm Emmy Official. It's E-M-I-I Official. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Emmy Music. Um, Facebook, I'm Emmy Official. And also, I believe on uh, YouTube, you know what? Just Google Emmy, E-M-I-I. And you know what? You'll find me and talk to yeah. me because I will eventually reply and then we'll have really entertaining dialogues about either music or geeky stuff or martial arts. Uh, pick one. Uh, Emmy. And what's your main website? Great. So I hope many people that are listening will reach out to her. I'm, I'm guessing knowing that how I feel about it, that you've really connected to her today. So go check her out, check out her music. We are playing some of her music on women of substance. So you will, you know, really enjoy what she's got to offer. If you've never heard of her before. (laughs) Surprise. Thanks so much for spending this time with me and all of your wisdom and experience. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.
to the memories we made. Someday when I'm ready for the trouble we could make, we could steal forever. So we.